everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the MobileCast. Um, we're back from vacation. We're going to see a bunch of these in the next few weeks and all. So hopefully everybody's ready to do some listening about all things mobile. I'm your host, Brian Katz, and it's great to be back from vacation and kind of get back into the swing of things. And I'm sitting here with Scott Davis, the CTO of End User Computing at VMware. And Scott, why don't you say hi and introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Uh, glad to be with you here, Brian. Uh, Brian and I ran into each other here at the uh, show, and uh, we had a great chat before, and now we're going to do a uh, mobile cast. Great to be on this. Thanks, Scott. So let's start a little bit with VMware. VMware has um, VMware Horizon Mobile, and, you know, you guys came out with it in the beginning, you know, I guess beginning to middle of this year, you know, first half of the year, I should say. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it, what it includes, you know, people, VMware's been talking about virtualization, but you also have an iOS product that's a little bit different, and, you know, Horizon incorporates a lot of products. So what's Horizon Mobile? Well, so Horizon Mobile is a term we've been using, but the product name is really Horizon uh, Workspace. And Horizon Workspace is a uh, suite of technologies integrated together in one product that's designed to do all of what you need for what we call the multi-device workspace. As, uh, as these platforms have been evolving, people are using multiple devices throughout the day. And it becomes pretty clear that what you want in this environment is you don't want to be managing physical uh, endpoint devices. You want to be managing a virtual user identity associated with the business that's actually separate from what they use for personal use. You want to be managing the applications for business that you want uh, your employees to be using across these devices. And you want to be managing their data. Okay, as well. All of these things while bearing in mind that uh, some people are going to bring their own devices, be using personal use devices, even devices that uh, employers uh, purchase for the devices but are activated by the individual user, they expect to be able to use with this work-life balance, be able to use them for all types of things. So it's a horizon workspace is about providing technologies, providing capabilities to let you manage just these work personalities, these work attributes, while leaving the uh, while still enabling people to use their devices for their personal use as well. So, I mean, it's interesting coming from you guys. You, you know, you guys got your start in virtualization. You know, I'm sure. very familiar. You know, I came from the server world and Exchange and all that. So, you know, very familiar with VMware ESX, VMware Server, all that part of it. How do you get from there to, hey, let's talk about identity, let's talk about user space, let's talk about, you know, our content? How does VMware get from one end of the spectrum to the other end? That's an interesting question, Brian. I, you know, thinking about this a little bit, I mean, in particular, you started by asking me about Horizon Mobile, and that pretty much started out as an advanced development project before there was anything like bring your own device, and we were basically looking at applying uh, virtualization technologies, hypervisor technologies, to ARM processors and the original mobile phones, okay? And that morphed into what today is a uh, pretty compelling solution for bring your own devices. Uh, by the same time, we've always been in the end user space, starting with our uh, early virtualization projects. Obviously, that morphed into our VDI offering, which is Vue, which is a 
compelling offering for uh, allowing you to run uh, Windows operating system in the data center and then remote the graphics to uh, various endpoint devices. And today, that's got a great new use case that we didn't originally foresee that is about uh, delivering Windows as a service to non-Windows devices. You have a line of business applications for Windows, and you need to be able to execute them on mobile tablets, mobile smartphones. Well, you have to use a technology like that in order to remote the applications. So we've been around this space for quite a while around virtualizing aspects of what users do and delivering them in a heterogeneous manner across platforms. So I, I wasn't going to ask this, but because of what you just said, I, I can't help myself. Uh, my listeners will know this, but how do you, how do you take a Windows desktop and put or a Windows app and put it on an iPad or an Android tablet and keep it from being a crap application? You know, it's it's just. Yeah, we're at, we're at Bryform right now. Great conference. There's a lot about VDI and everything else. But to be fair, VDI is kind of tough on a tablet. It's not, you know, when you start, it's hard to find the right button to press everything else. And everybody's putting enablement technology so, okay, maybe it scrolls better or it's easier to touch. But you're taking apps that weren't designed for this, which, you know, I think you and I might agree on this, that, you know, Windows 8.1 is or Windows 8 is trying to do this. And, you know, they're running into some of the same difficulties of how do we put touch into our app. So how do you, you know, how does that work well? So that's a great question, Brian, and I'm going to answer it two ways, okay? <laughs> to start with, a lot of times, I mean, today we're living in a heterogeneous world, and there's a lot of different apps. It's not so much that I want to run a Windows app all day long on a tablet. It's that I need access to the Windows app occasionally on the tablet. So that's, that's one thing. But uh, so and, and so, to, and to be fair, you know, if it's a quick in and out, you got to do one thing. I'm fine with it. I, yep. you know, to me, it's when you start. Okay, I now got to spend an hour in this, and you know, it starts to become. You know, at least in my view, yeah. most cases, there's some that some people have done it well for one or two things, but mm-hmm. it starts to become kind of you know, tough. Yep. So the other answer is that we've been developing a pi- – so, so number one, you're absolutely correct that VDI is about remoting the user interface the way it exists. And the way I like to say it is there's an impedance mismatch between a point-and-click app on a PC and a touch-oriented tablet. I mean, I'm one of the original iPad users. I love my iPad for, among other reasons, I love the user interface on it, and that's what I want to use on that device. So I totally hear you. For that reason, uh, my team, one of the things that I'm responsible for in the end-user computing group at uh, VMware is I manage a lot of our innovation programs and advanced development. And we created a technology originally as an AD project, which the first version of is now shipping. It's called Unity Touch. You can see videos of me demonstrating this as Project AppShift on the web. And in particular, what we invented here is a unique technique that allows you to actually virtualize the user interface of Windows and deliver it to a remote control app running on your iPad or Android tablet. And what it does is change the user interface seamlessly of the Windows desktop through a combination of our virtualization technologies. And that goes a long way towards making native gestures automatically and, most importantly, where we differ from some of the other approaches here is you don't have to rewrite the app. You don't have to modify the app to use this technique. It's a true virtualization technology. So we're going to continue to advance that technology as time goes on. And uh, this is a good way, a, a good stepping stone towards making the user experience for Windows on tablets for traditional line of business Windows apps far more palatable. And that's really the important thing is uh, as time goes on, there's going to be new apps for various things. But apps that exist 
already that serve a purpose and there's no need to evolve, you want to make them palatable on these next generation of devices. Yeah, see, that, that, you know, that last statement you made kind of got me a little bit, that you don't need to evolve. You know, evolve. And it's, I look at these things and, you know, forget HTML5 native hybrid. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes apps need to be rewritten because, you know, I talk about it a lot. We tend to use only 20% of an app. No matter what the app is. Now there are people who use eighty percent or a hundred percent, but mostly we use, you know, twenty percent of an app. It's what I do in Word, it's what I do sure. in almost everything else. Sometimes it makes a lot more sense to evolve that app and create that twenty percent app Absolutely. and leave that other one on the desktop for when you need that other eighty percent and you need to handle it. So you know we're in we're in total agreement there. When I was referring to, you know, one of the advantages of tablets and mobile devices is the user experience. You know, better user experience, and uh, when it's also changing the nature. Well, I'm sure we'll come to this topic in a little bit of how mobile is actually evolving the user interfaces and workflows of what we can do with applications. I mean, in a lot of ways, I consider mobile with cloud backends to be the successor to client-server apps, and I absolutely expect those to evolve. What I was referring to is apps that exist in Windows that serve a purpose, they serve that purpose fine, and other than making them, uh, making a better experience, which may not be cost-justified because it's an internal app, not a forward-looking app where you're changing use case for it, being able to use those in a good enough way that works on mobile devices is a better strategy than investing in uh, rewriting them. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, if, you're cha- if you have a better user interface, if there's something monetizable about it, new workflows, new ways of doing business, of course you want to rewrite those. Okay, so let's shift gears for a minute. I know that you know we can't talk too much about iOS 7 mm-hmm. and you know because it's under NDA. Right. Um, and, you know, both of us know a little bit something about it, so we have to be a little bit careful here. But, you know, Apple's published, you know, they did the keynote publicly. They had their slide that said, you know, we're going to be doing something called Managed Open In, which we can't really, you know, they've actually described a little bit on the web. Um, so, you know, Apple's opened up a little bit and some new MDM features and some new um, application management features and VPN features. Um, I'm sure that's got to have an impact on, you know, your product and how you're doing things and how you're approaching things. So without going too deep into it, because we really don't want to break the NDA, what sort of things are you guys thinking about? And, you know, how does this kind of affect, you know, you you guys, we haven't talked enough about it, but, you're, you know, your Horizon Mobile is really an HTML5 redirect type app thing. And I, I may be describing it wrong. Feel free to correct me in a second. But, you know, versus, you know, you actually virtualize on an Android device. And, you know, some of that's obviously got to change a little bit when you start looking at uh, what iOS 7 has to offer. Sure. So, uh, so Brian, I think I'll draw some characters here with my hands. <laughs> okay. Now, is that clear? <laughs> Just teasing. Okay. So let me start by saying, you know, mobile is a fast-moving space. Okay. Things are evolving in real time. Things are changing all the time. So things are going to change. Okay. It's a fast-moving platform. And the world is speeding up. Changes are happening more and more frequently. So stuff like this is going to happen. And, yes, iOS 7 certainly changes the nature of what's going on with mobile devices. Now, uh, we showed some uh, – we, we've both 
you know, we're now shipping our Android-based solution as part of the Horizon Workspace suite, okay? And that's a very unique technology. That's virtual machines running on Android devices. There's great pros and cons of that because you can basically run any app managed in a container without modifying it. So it's a pretty powerful solution for it, this it, uh, it, persona stuff. It absolutely is powerful. Yeah. I mean, you and I had a little conversation about that earlier that, mm-hmm. you know, my biggest issue with, Virtualization, it's not your product, it's virtualization and containers, is there's a cognitive dissonance, and I think BlackBerry handles it the best at the moment, that, mm-hmm. again, I don't want to compare. Um, but, you know, you have to be careful of which side of the phone you're on, which mm-hmm. app you opened and all that. Yeah. But, you know, I do think that you have a very interesting product there. And, Great. You know, so uh, now, so that said, you know, on any of these things is also, you know, as we were talking about before, trade-offs between security, usability, user interface, choice of apps, etc. So Apple has changed the game. We are we were working on technology. We showed a at VMworld last year. We showed a tech preview of a uh, application wrapping technology, okay, for iOS that delivered a lot of the same benefits using different technologies. Now, as we all know, Apple with iOS has added some new existing enterprise capabilities to their platform. Uh, they showed, uh, you know, uh, kind of slideware of it, I guess is the right word to use, at yeah. the uh, Worldwide Developer Conference, you know, when you're, uh, you know, under, you know, I can't talk about things. When you're under NDA, NDA, we can only say what was public. So, so all, all that I'll say is that they've changed the capabilities of what will be expected in iOS and you'd expect that, uh, that VMware, with our Horizon Workspace product, we want to embrace the way that people are going to want to work and use these devices. And in particular, uh, the philosophy at VMware is around delivering solutions that enable these devices, both the so-called COPE devices of uh, enterprise purchased but employee activated, as well as bring your own device use cases for the mainstream mobile devices. And today the two biggies are uh, Android and iOS, and we can debate <laughs> which yeah. is higher, but they're clearly both very important. So, so, and, uh, so, so let's actually hit that for a second. You know, you talk about your virtualization solution. As I understand it, mm-hmm. I think Samsung is one of the people that actually supports your virtualization. I know there are a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I right? Samsung is one of the people that yes. supports you? Mm-hmm. How does that play with their Knox play? So Samsung's got, you know, and that, you know, Knox is public, so at least we, you know, we can talk about that. You know, it's kind of, they've sort of built their own container on the device. Then you have your piece, and, mm-hmm. you know, it can't necessarily be easy. <laughs> well, you know, uh, so their solution is a persona solution, whereas is a virtualization solution. Obviously, they see value in having both. Okay. One of the key things that I think Samsung's going to run into, as was, uh, as was covered in one of the in the, the session here early that uh, Jack Mann did is that uh, you know people don't want a vertical a solution for one vendor cell phone. You have to worry about fragmentation in the market. And yes, right now today Samsung has the dominant market share in Android. But what we found is that even though we support multiple different Android models, not just Samsung, it's really important in a management solution for these mobile platforms to handle the bulk of the devices that a, that a uh, company's employees want to bring in. Hence, we have a general solution for Android. The general solution for Android, in order to enable virtualization, entails a small module okay, called the OEM kit that's delivered by carriers, and we announced a broad partnership with Verizon, for example, on that technology. And then there's our technology that, is, that runs on top of that, 
Okay. okay. So that's what's necessary in order to in order to uh, you know deliver our uh, deliver our platform. Okay. So there's value in these various approaches, and I think you're you're seeing because you're seeing a vendor that owns the cell phone number one, so they could mandate what would be used on that. They built a solution that they think is compelling. They still see value in what we're delivering, and that's one of the benefits of VMware. One of the you started out by asking me, you know, what we're doing in this space. One of the things, one of the key things that VMware brings to the table is heterogeneity. Okay, we were enabling people running Linux on top of Windows before anybody had any idea what that would be useful for. Okay. Uh, we're all about heterogeneity, running multiple operating systems, multiple variety. And in this world of mobile, when we come back to the app notion, you know, Windows is becoming one flavor of app instead of being the dominant, the only flavor of apps. And you have to worry about all these different platform types that are popular. So great segue there. You started talking about apps, and, you know, let's kind of get to the conversation we're having, you know, this morning. Um, you know, one one of the things that I see when I look at any sort of virtualization and containerization, mm-hmm. no one in particular, is the fact that with that cognitive dissonance, and for people that don't understand the term, it's the fact that you actually have to think about what you're doing. You have to pause. It's not necessarily natural. You have to switch states, whatever it happens to mean. And, you know, I see that that's an issue of, you know, you get something from your daughter or from work, and you have to figure out, okay, which side of the phone do I have to be on to open this document? Which version of um, Smart Office or Quick Office or whichever program you're using to do it? You know, if you're on Apple, it might be Pages, could be something else. And you know, I'm a big believer in mobile information management. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's where we kind of have to go, where we have to move away from really this containerization piece and really work towards where security and policy follows the data because then apps can react to that. And the apps obviously have to, you know, be built to be smart that way, and that takes time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are needs for steps to get there. But, you know, how does that fit? And, you know, we, you know, kind of let's segue into what we were talking about earlier. Sure. That's a great point. So... Mobile information management, where you're, which t- to me means applying attributes and policies to particular data elements and then allowing uh, any application to access that data but preserving those attributes around the data, okay? In a vacuum, I think that would be a wonderful solution for mobile. Now, there's some constraints here, though, which is that in today's world, the operating system platforms, in particular on mobile, this means Apple with their iOS platform and Google with the uh, Android platform, okay, have designed their operating systems a certain way, and they're designed very differently than how Windows was designed, uh, you know, back in the old days. Sounds funny, but, <laughs> okay, they're very different platforms designed with different th- needs. On the Windows platform, there was a common file system that uh, managed data access elements. You have access control lists on files, etc. without going to too technical in here, but there were some capabilities built into the platform, including filter file systems, that made it uh, very feasible to define attributes of data and apply those attributes across multiple different application types. But but doesn't that lead, because I'm going to try and take a leap to where I think you're going, Part, you know, I think that one of the issues that we see is that the enterprise and the organizations have abdicated their responsibility. And what I mean by that is we don't, because we had Windows and we had this filter file system, we use ACLs, we never encrypted data in our data centers. We don't encrypt mm-hmm. it in the cloud. You know, we talk about security in the cloud and everything else. 
and we don't put policy around it unless it's a Windows file and it becomes very difficult. People don't classify their data. And really, it's not that we can't do it. It's that we said, well, let's own the device. The previous piece of let's own this device. And, you know, VMware had VMware's taken advantage of that. You know, with VMware View, everything else, you log in, you're on a Windows PC, you can take advantage of, you know, we own the device. It's now a virtual device instead of an actual desktop PC or laptop. But all the pieces are actually there. It's just a matter of, you know, at least in my, most of them, I should say. I still think there's stuff that has to go in the app. But we still need to do stuff on the back end, and there's some responsibility that has to be taken there. Well, there's a big issue and a big trend here, I think. So in, on, on the question of, you know, mobile information management versus MAM versus, you know, MDM, let's say. Uh, what I, where I was going was that uh, I think in a vacuum, okay, uh, mobile information management has a lot going for it. Okay, I was starting to go down the path of why it's a, it's hard to do today. The reason it's hard to do today is because of how iOS is constructed, what Apple allows on their platform, the APIs they provide. Now they have advanced stuff, like as we talked about, iOS seven is uh, is different than iOS six, and this new capabilities there, but. Uh, the uh, so having so the, the advantage of a mobile information management player or data content player is that you can actually use your choice of application. Choice of application is important because apps are evolving all the time. There's like you and I were talking about before. There's new capabilities coming out all the time, and what you want to avoid, what we need to avoid, is we need a balance between people being able to use the latest and greatest. When they see a better way to get their work done, they want to be able to use. They have the expectation of being able to use those better ways. So you don't want, in the name of security and compliance for the enterprise, you don't want to preclude people from being productive. You also don't want the pendulum to swing too far where, where there's no compliance or anything. So there's a balance here that we have to get with these technologies. And I don't think we're there yet on, on the right optimal balance. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I call it, you know, you have to enable people in a secure method or securely enable people. Right. And, you know, enablement is a word that I use all the time when I blog, when I talk on the mobile cast. And, you know, it's interesting. So I think you're right. There's a piece of it of we need to figure out how to do this in apps and how, and how to do that properly. I also think that, you know, we're starting to get to the point that, if, that a lot of these apps, it has to become table stakes. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is apps for the enterprise – you know, we were talking about Evernote. I've used Evernote for years. I know you've mentioned you've yep. used it. And Evernote only recently started doing, you know, putting a pin in so, you know, you could log in. You could, put, you know, it would encrypt your data. You could, you know, you could actually put these enterprise management features around it. And I think that those are going to become more common, that you're going to start either seeing the vendors who want to be in the enterprise start putting that in automatically, or you're going to see toolkits or wrappers or SDKs mm -hmm. that allow people to do it easily mm -hmm. to get there. And, you know, in some ways I think, you know, you are properly positioned for that from the perspective of, you know, what you mentioned before. You created this toolkit, you know, it's a virtualization piece. But, you know, if you can actually do that for an app where you can give people and say, if you do this to your app, mm -hmm. you get all that enterprise stuff. That can become a powerful thing for you guys. A absolutely. Okay. The, I may. I just so you know, what you didn't see was he was literally speechless there. So I'm either hitting something really close to home or uh, somewhere else here. But go ahead, Scott. I'll spell it out with my hands again. <laughs> so uh, the uh, 
I think you're raising a really good point, and in our discussion about Evernote before, Evernote's an example of a great cloud service, and it's popular because people see value in it. They see value in it for their personal use, and they see value in it for business. Okay, it's a great business app. And I think you're absolutely right that cloud services that see business value, that have business value, they're going to have to add these enterprise features into it that make both deliver that same user experience, that same reason why people love running the app and using the app, that same usability. But with compliance controls and data protection controls that enterprises expect, I think that's a great opportunity for a lot of cloud vendors. And I think you're right. We are going to see them delivering uh, more and more capabilities like this. On the other hand, uh, consumer apps you know, ones that don't pay attention to this, uh, don't pay attention to security and safety of the data, may wind up having a limited use or they may need, they might need to use capabilities of vendors providing toolkits in order to deliver on enterprise security. Because I don't see the pendulum swinging all the way to using willy-nilly any consumer app. But we're very much in a phase right now where we, you know, I, I know everyone uses the term bring your own device. I, I have a different term I like to use, which is bring your own service. And a lot of times what we're talking about is people are bringing services to bear, things they've used in their personal life that help them be more productive. And the trick here with technologies like Horizon Workspace is to bring tools to the enterprise that enable people to use the applications they want to use to be more productive, but do so in a manner that is enforcing security and compliance that's satisfactory for the needs of the enterprise. Because yep. I, th- I agree with you, and I think that, you know, there's a piece of this of, you know, a lot of people like, you know, there are so many BYO um, or BYO acronyms, you know, BYOA, bring your own app, is one of the big ones these days as people are doing that. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've got about five minutes left. So, you know, let's hit the last question because I know that when we talked about what we were – you know, the questions I was going to ask, you almost asked me to switch the order and start with this one. But, you know, really, how do you personally, you know, you can either talk from your point of view or VMware's point of view. How, you know, how do you see the relationship changing between the customers and the IT department? You know, how do you keep it relevant? You know, does VMware care? Mm-hmm. You know, does VMware see a way to help IT be relevant? You know, Where's that fit? And, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't want to talk from the VMware method, you know, your own opinion's just fine. Great, Brian. Thanks. So, of course, VMware cares here, okay? We're in the business of we are investing in the uh, Horizon Workspace, this multi-device workspace technology, which, if you pop it up a level, is all about a collection of services that helps IT deliver what their end users with a rich experience expect okay, with the security and compliance of IT. It's a pendulum, as we spoke about, and we're trying to add to the tool palette to help, uh, to help enterprises be able to deliver that. That said, I think uh, we haven't really talked about the really fundamental change that's happening, because the fundamental change that's happening, in my mind, is my personal opinion, it's not so much the bring-your-own-device or how you secure the content on the mobile devices. It's that IT in general is undergoing a huge change, and the huge change is that in the PC client-server era, we were basically working on automating the world's physical processes. And with the changes that have happened with cloud computing on the back-end side, where we basically have unlimited computes, unlimited storage, okay, delivered as a service on demand on massive amounts of data, and we have on these mobile devices, we have new user interface components, and we didn't touch on these yet, but the fact that you have a GPS on your end device and the fact you have a camera on your end device, and we do image recognition with these kind of things, this next generation is really mobile apps delivered to these cloud back-ends. And these are 
enabling new workflows, new ways of operating that we never had before. Okay, So the real powerful business thing in my mind, the real opportunity is how these next generation services and workflows are going to evolve. I have a few examples of these. You know, I, I talk to, uh, I know of multiple county governments now who have changed the way that they do road maintenance. They have inspectors go around with smartphones and they take pictures of potholes and upload them with the GPS coordinates, and that's the log of the work to do. Yeah, okay? see, now, see that's, that's an interesting one because, to me, that's old school. Because if you look at people like Boston, what Boston's enabled is Boston, mm-hmm. similar to what New York did with their 311 program, mm-hmm. Boston actually came out with an app. Yep. That they gave out to people. Yep. gave out to people. You know, you, me, anybody. Yep. And if you saw a pothole, you took a picture of it, and it did the exact same thing. And the difference yep. was, they saw they had more potholes reported quicker. Yeah. They had them fixed faster. Yep. They had better customer satisfaction. I think that it, you know, there's a piece there that you know, it goes beyond sure. your worker right to yep. your consumer and enabling. Yep. You know, it's a game of enablement. The, that raises a great example. It immediately popped to mind was two other commercial examples of, okay, so first there's Uber, and now there's these crowdsourcing of uh, transportation systems where people, uh, you know, uh, trying to make extra money by uh, sharing their uh, car. All Lit, lift, sidecar, those. Yep. All in, these, are, these are all applications that could not have existed three years ago. Okay, they're enabled by this massive back-end cloud infrastructure and by mobile devices and their power and capability and the new user interfaces for them. Okay, and I think you're going to see the world continue to evolve in this dimension. The point I was trying to make is that this is the next generation of applications of how apps are going to be constructed, and you're going to see new business models and new business opportunities arise from them. So, how do you help? You know, IT. We used to be gatekeepers. You know, to be fairly honest, we were in control. Mm-hmm. We controlled what you got, how you got it. Yep. We own the laptop, everything else. You can't do that as much anymore. So how do you help IT change from gatekeepers to enablers? Great question. IT has to embrace this new world, just like they did on the cloud side now, where a lot of things, IT has to be the advisor. So instead of the controller and the gatekeeper, IT has to be the integrator advisor on how these systems are put together. They have to figure out, be involved in figuring out the right way to buy commodities from on the cloud side. Okay? And on the end-user computing side, they have to be enabling apps that move the business forward, allowing things to progress to next-generation applications. And uh, so I think that's, what, that, that, that's where the media is going forward. Okay? It's no longer just an on-prem, only game in town. There's now choice on all sides. And IT needs to embrace that and be forward-looking because the, world's on, the velocity of change is only increasing. And I am sure that VMware will be playing in that market. So, you know, we're running out of time here because we have another session coming in here. So first, Scott, I want to thank you. Thanks for giving me some time here. And, you know, this has been great. So um, you're on Twitter at, I think, at SHD underscore nine. We'll share that on the show notes and all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. It's great talking to you, Brian. I enjoyed it. And for everybody, thank you for uh, hanging in there while we took some vacation time, much needed. And, you know, welcome back to the MobileCast. Feel free to send us suggestions on what you want to hear about on Twitter. Um, visit our webpage. Uh, drop us an email. And we'll look forward to getting you the next episode pretty quickly. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.